I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 381 of Video Games Hot Dog, a Harmony Joy bus ride about video games on the internet. Coming to you from inside your phone. You might be listening to it on an iPad or a computer. Or your car. Your car could be... In the future, those will both be considered phones. In your car, it would be coming from the phone. Um, So, just in time, Riff has uh, decided to hang up in a fit of peak. (laughs) I assume that we're all still recording. Yep. Cool. Riff, did you hang up on us in a fit of peak? Something happened. I don't know what happened. It was a fit of something. You just don't know what it was a fit of. Yeah. Riff, what have you been up to? Um, just kind of mostly just sort of nervously awaiting dealing with an airport and then being not in my typical environment for like a week and a half. I know this is going to be the longest trip you've taken since you moved. Uh, nearly. We're, yeah. We're I mean, not a, not counting not like counting Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to, but that's but that's also your environment. It, at Christmas, you just go to it. Uh, I'm assuming that your parents have reconstructed a scale model of your <laughs> environment in your grandmother's environment, or you have. That's what you spend your time doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah, so we're going to uh, we're going to uh, Boston to do the, the Miskatonic hunt that we talked about, and then we're going to New York to uh, do some do some rooms escape. Yeah, we should book some. We should do that. We've got a place to stay and a place to stand and a lever long enough to, to move, uh, to move uh, the, the plane. Um, what about you, Jim? What have you been up to? Oh, wow. Um, I've been uh, I've been listening to a podcast, which I really like, called um, The Anthropocene Reviewed, mm. which is conceptually it's a lot like uh, – the omnibus project where, it sounds like it would be yeah where it's uh the the uh the podcaster in this case john green is um discussing and giving a f- one out of uh, or rather a stars out of five to various topics related to the mo- like the human condition okay um the anthropocene is what people refer to like the current geologic age as well, the, the, the one that includes humans yeah okay yeah so, so like anthros he, he's reviewed reviewed cave paintings for example what what did they score i think i, I don't remember i think it was pretty high though i think really? he liked the cave paintings they kind of suck well you should listen to his little essay that he wrote so the 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 big difference between this and omnibus is is the approach which is in this case it's really uh, premeditated, thoughtful essays that are just read aloud by one person, uh, as opposed to like a couple hours spent reading Wikipedia by one of the two hosts, and then the other just chiming in with things that they know that it reminds them of. Right, just or, meandering everywhere. Or stories from the Seattle indie rock scene, or Jeopardy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really like it. I, uh, it's it's, but it it's. Um, Is it funny? It is funny, okay, but that's not the main purpose of it. I think the main purpose is more to be thoughtful. Okay, how many uh, stars would you give it out of five? Yes, I don't think I'm trying to think of like anything in the human condition that I would give five stars just to be safe. 
I don't think I would give anything five stars or one star because there's always going to be something that's wor- worse than everything I've encountered so far and better. Well, so maybe what you so, should is you should reserve zero and six stars for those things. Wouldn't okay. And instead, give me from one to five of this thing. <laughs> okay. Um, four and a half. Okay. So pretty good. Yeah. Okay. The, the problem with it is that it's short and they come out like once a month. Oh, okay. So there's not a whole lot of them. So you're saying I should wait a few years and then And then binge. you can binge, and then binge, binge twice as long as I did. Okay. Speaking of the Omnibus Project, they uh, they went independent they, they, oh yeah, the, they shed the yoke of their ad network. Although so, there's still a lot of ads, and they're the same ads. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I haven't really figured that out either. This uh, this also has those ads. We're like, but I have never been. But but he takes the same approach to the ads that he takes to the topics. He writes like, a small always, essay about them. Yes, it always, and it's always a, at least a little bit interesting. And I've never heard a podcaster. M- make me more believe more sincerely that he actually likes these mattresses hmm i've been listening to conan o'brien's podcast which oh, is yeah. fucking great i huh i believe it but also like i feel like it it's shouldn't podcasts be the province of people who aren't on tv isn't does he interview people he does and what is it called conan o'brien needs a friend oh. it, it has like it has like come in as one of the most listened to podcasts ever I mean, basically it's i think it's been around for like a year wow is my impression of it it's so good it's i think you would like it a lot jim yeah it's it's just it's a lot about uh the the sort of day-to-day anxieties of people who make things hmm. um same ad reads in every episode and it sucks <laughs> they just like splice them in yep That's yeah annoying. it's the it's like it was funny the first time his right. funny ad read about the mattress company. I don't remember what company. That's good. Yeah. It's not working on you. It's another mm. one of those Boulevanaka Beachside situations <laughs> where I remember the commercial, but I don't remember what company it was for. I mean, it was if, AT&T. If it's the same same uh, block of ad reads every time, then at least you can get used to like yeah, you know how pushing the fast forward button on your player three times or whatever. It's it's produced by Matt Gorley from Super Ego, oh, and nice. he is on it a lot oh, and cool. just talking as a person, and it is very, very good. His his podcast with um, – it's one of the other Super Ego guys, although I can't remember which one off the top of my head. They had a – I think it is over now, but it, it ran long enough that there's a lot of them. They did a podcast called Pistol Shrimps Radio, which mm. was just them – doing play-by-play commentary for, like, local amateur women's basketball in L.A. because, like, one of their girlfriends or wives was on this team. And it's and neither of them know anything about basketball or sports. So <laughs> or it, was, women. It, it, it was very funny, yeah. And, and just fun listening to them, like, just the way they interact with each other as friends and the things that they chat about and, and the routines that they, they get on and so on. Is this really like, good. A, like a Rift Tracks kind of thing where you have to sync the podcast up with the game on YouTube? <laughs> I don't think, I don't know if any of the games are available on YouTube, but uh, that would be interesting be, if it was possible. You have to possible. be at the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to be at the women's recreational basketball game from like four years ago <laughs> to right. listen to this podcast. 
That was that that podcast and like having the entire collection of Super Ego was why I uh, reluctantly eventually subscribed to Stitcher. Yeah, I bought a season of Super Ego, but then I couldn't actually get it into my normal podcast player, so I don't think I ever even listened to all of it. Yeah. Like hmm. that's a bummer. It's the the Conan O'Brien podcast is just in normal podcast form. It's I think it might be somehow affiliated with Earwolf, but I don't know. Earwolf and Stitcher are definitely like in bed together in some way. But it must be like if you're a good enough podcast, Stitcher will let you not be. Because mm. <laughs> like Comedy Bang Bang is an Earwolf podcast, but they're not constrained to the walled garden of Stitcher. Yeah, maybe they just don't want to to scare them off. They don't want to um... have them leave the network. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting, like hearing John Roderick on Roderick on the Line talk about the deal that they had with the Omnibus Project was enlightening i think so the deal that they like so he wasn't specifically saying that this is what it was but he mentioned that and then he started talking about a common thing that could happen when you made a record deal which is that the record company doesn't really have a plan in place for a modest success like a podcast say that was popular enough to be quite a bit of money for like two guys or a band that was successful enough to make quite a bit of money for two guys they have a deal with the record company where that ends up being no money for those two guys whereas if they had just done it on their on their own and reached the same audience that it would be a nice living for them and that seems to be the state that they were in they didn't like the number of ads they had on the omnibus project either but they've, they've gone to patreon i don't know when i looked at it it hadn't been up for very long i don't know how well it's doing but are they still going to do ads or no ads they now? have been and they're this a lot of them are the same ads they're like the the like postmates ad that they already recorded or whatever they might have had they might contractual have contractual obligations, obligations. yeah Hmm. Um, Who was their network? Do you remember? How Stuff Works. Oh, interesting. Weirdly, like, when you listen to those podcasts now, sometimes they'll play the ad is about to start sound, and then the ad finished sound, which is the same sound, immediately afterwards. There just won't be an ad. So, like, it just makes your blood pressure spike for no reason. Huh. It's, uh... It's, uh... Yeah. I mean, that seems like a thing where you put in some kind of tagging for when it's in Stitcher or whatever, so that even if somebody listens to it 10 years from now, they're hearing whatever ads. Right. I mean, you know, that's fucking fine, I guess. I Like, I wish that there was, like, an open source... I mean, podcasts... It's an 100% open, open source. <laughs> it's an open... But it's not... Really, there isn't, like, an open source project that makes it possible, right? It's just, like, an agreed-upon set of standards right. for presenting stuff. But the, it is mostly, like, everyone has just agreed that they're going to do it the way that iTunes did in the early days, right? I wish that somehow in that standard there was some, like, way for you to track how many people were listening to your podcast or right. get paid somehow for it you know i wish that there i wish that there were a way to like sell access to the back catalog i wouldn't feel like it was super objectionable if we just said okay the most recent 50 episodes of this podcast are always available for free or for a single time ten dollar fee you can have access to the entire back catalog i wouldn't feel like that was gross there's something 
Like, what does what is it that the um, the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast does? Because they they have yeah, a thing or... where like if you sub- it, in, if you don't subscribe, you get like every fourth episode. And then... Yeah, or the, the duck feed people do something like that. Well, and they I just have a Patreon. Out... Like, they have a special Patreon feed. They do, but it also gates your access to um, To the archive, content. doesn't it? Yeah, and to the archive, yeah. I thought it did not. That, that changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think that's probably just because... Patreon added some features that let them do I, I that. But still, that's right. like Patreon's infrastructure, and I don't trust Patreon to not fuck itself into yep. a trash heap. Yep. As... Yeah, now that it's public. Is oh, it public? Did it go public? No, it just Didn't that it's, it, it's, it has always been VC-backed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it actually started, like, maybe there was a guy that started it, but I don't think so. Yeah, you can't Patreon? trust anything VC-backed. Pumplemoose, the band, right? Was it? Did they just do it? Like, was it like an actual garage startup? I don't remember. I don't know if they I mean, got VC funding the, immediately or or what. But I, it's I know one it was, of the people from Pumplemoose, but I'm pretty sure they had VC VC funding from the beginning. Yeah, the, yeah I, I don't know. I, the, I, I don't know the like the the nitty gritty of the de- the details, but like they were like dissatisfied with sort of the ability to to like yeah. fund their tours or whatever. And Patreon is great. I just it's I worry. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing where. Um, you can't, venture if, if capitalists not, don't don't care about a minor a modest success. Yeah, like right. the, the, the just the the derogatory lifestyle business. Right for thing. something that's just profitable. That's just doing good things and like yeah, yeah, that is the thing that is like the what people generally think of when you talk about a business. Yeah, right is like a guy finds out he's good at making signs and so he becomes a sign maker and if he does well enough he hires another guy to make signs with him. Right. Nope, right. lifestyle business. Fuck you, sign guy. Yeah, <laughs> your signs are for babies. Yeah, what have you people, been up to, Kevin? Uh, mostly, I've been eating fancy meals. That's true. <laughs> Seth uh, Seth Rosen. That's a hobby. Is, Seth Rosen is leaving us, and so he's been uh, he's, he's been, been having a lot of fancy dinners, organizing a bunch of fancy dinners, and they've been really good. Yeah. Um. All all three of the places that I went to in the past week were places that were new to me. In San Francisco. Oh, you had never, you had not gone to the Progress. Correct. But you didn't like the Buttery Boy. I did not like the Buttery Boy. <laughs> so the Progress makes a Buttery Boy, which is a Manhattan made with uh, bourbon with butter, so- like butter Burned dissolved butter. in it without the fat. Burned, yeah. What? Like it's, um, it's a weird What else is there in thing. butter? There's things that make it taste like butter. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of like you get like a, an essential butter powder. Uh, so it tastes like butter, but it's not greasy. Okay, it's weird. Oh, weird. But it also it, tastes like it also kind of tastes like burnt it's butter. Burnt. Yeah, you have to like you have to like the taste of like brown butter. Yeah, uh, and I, like I, I didn't hate it. I would have finished it, but like, I they weren't as good oh. that night as they had been. But okay. they might have just not been as as remarkable. Uh, he just there was just a blog post. I don't know if it was by the chef there or whatever about how it was done. So I tried it at home and I got pretty close. And then I went in and I asked the woman behind the bar if she knew what the proportions were. And the guy, I'm pretty sure the owner just overheard me asking and just came over and told me. Well, that's great. Uh, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask again. Uh, But yeah, you you just melt it. You, You burn a lot of butter and then you pour that liquid into some whiskey and shake it up. And then you put it in the freezer and all of the stuff solidifies on the top, and you remove it, and the bourbon that's left just tastes like butter. 
but you can reuse the butter a bunch of times, he said. Oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> maybe we got maybe we got like a late got butter. Got a later batch, yeah. Late, late oh, butter okay. batch. You can also do the same thing with like bacon and shit and people like have bacon infused whiskey and yeah. like other novelty flavors. Butter is butter is like a an elemental enough thing that I don't I guess it, it butter feels less ruinous in general to the original like cobalt intent of a thing <laughs> than bacon does to me. Hmm. Butter feels like salt. Like adding salt to a thing is fundamentally different than like adding bacon to a thing. I can't think of anything that's in the category of bacon. Yeah, that's bologna. weird because butter is like several steps removed, right? Like yeah. it's 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 milk from an organism that's been like the whole cuisines are based around it yeah it feels very it feels like an elemental ingredient like it's in an mmo it's a thing you buy from a vendor (laughs) as opposed to a thing that you make out of yeah same deal with cheese and but they're like they're both also extremely complicated specific things that arose from this particular culture cheese is haha (laughs) (laughs) uh Cheese is significantly more complicated than butter, though, right? Like, because butter sure. just comes out of, like, Churning you churn milk, milk yeah. and you end up with some cream and some butter and some whey. skim milk. Some yeah. whey. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't either. Um, yeah, but that's that's basically the the interesting thing that I've done in the past week is just we, had really good meals. We had the most food asshole ass <laughs> food item are, that are you I talking have... about eating ass, Zach? No. We, this is the it. It's ridiculous. Okay, so this it, is this is pretty nuts. It was a it was a twice baked potato. This was a side for another. It was, yeah, it was, dish. A, it was just a side alongside a, a meat dish. It was twice baked potato. So like mashed potato. Although not really, right? It's sort of just, just the interior, potato. like the mashed potato part of a twice baked potato, but it was served as a twice baked potato. Uh, but instead of being in a potato, well, it. It had little sliced up snails in it. It had escargot and bone marrow in it, and it was served in a giant hollowed out bone. What? What kind of what kind of bone? Uh, femur. Human femur. <laughs> I don't know. And like some sort of cow. Bone, I want I so badly to make fun of it, but it was so fucking good. <laughs> like it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I, man. Everything that everything at that place was crazy. That place was also. Very expensive. Very expensive. I am not price sensitive about restaurants at all. And that place was like, whoa, holy shit. I can't believe how much money we just spent here. It was a, That was a weird one because that was a, it was like Hawaiian and like Polynesian sort of themed or takes on recipes that were like otherwise normal, like fine French cuisine type situations or whatever. Like it was a bunch of other styles of cuisine with a sort of Hawaiian take on them. There was like a piece of bread with some duck liver pate on it, but then sprinkled with uh, very finely chopped uh, pineapple, for example. That was also and extremely it was good. Very good. <laughs> so like, yeah, just just kind of like weird variant yeah. recipes that were all really, really awesome. If any of this sounds good and you're in San Francisco and you have an infinite amount of money to spend on food, go to Liho Liho Yacht Club. I guess it's called a yacht club. You, you, yep. If it's not expensive, you'd be upset. Exactly. They have really good cocktails as well. I think I was just drinking beer. You were. 
Yeah. None of the cocktails looked good to me. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a tiki style vibe mm. as part of the, the Polynesian influence, I think. A lot of pineapple <laughs> stuff. Riff, did we ever figure out what the cocktail of Phil Collins would be? Oh. You know, I don't know if we did. That seems like a joke we must have constructed at some point. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Hmm. Philadelphia cream cheese, gin, <laughs> and lemon juice. <laughs> wow. A Philly Collins. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, it's like, so, in, yeah, so either the Philadelphia cream cheese or just like cheese whiz. Um, uh, all right. Other than that, I've also just been prepping for this hunt thing. I've been, do, been doing a lot of, yeah, the apocalypse. I've been doing a lot of like cryptic crosswords and uh, I think I, last week I talked about the Revo Maze thing that I was practicing yeah. with. Yeah, I did some. Like, Man, sort of... I hope there's nothing like that in this. You know what? I'm with you guys. You'll do the stuff that I don't exactly. like. When we were test solving things, it was like every once in a while, it's like figure out these puns and then that's where I was a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> and could just say the answers to things faster than people could write them down. But the rest of it is like, Identify mm. these Simpsons quotes. That's where I'm a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not been I have not been prepping for that uh, puzzle thing, but I did uh, spend Monday prepping for a colon an unexpected colonoscopy. It wasn't yeah. unexpected. It was I went in I wasn't expecting was it say, to be scheduled so fast. For an unexpected colonoscopy. I went in I went into the to the GI doctor and I was like, yeah, I need to get a colonoscopy at some point. And he was like, how about Monday? And it was like Thursday when he said, I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. I guess. Uh, so yeah, after, after our big nice meal on Sunday, uh, I spent Monday eating jello and laxatives and then Tuesday. You didn't like combine the laxatives into the jello, did you? <laughs> oh no. I bet that would have been awful. And then you could have served it to like unsuspecting. What color teens. was the jello? Uh, anything but red. Okay. That's what they did. I, I made some lime. Because oh, it no. looks like lime blood. You can't take anything red, yeah, in case there's any of it left over. They don't want it. They don't want to think it's blood. I see. Okay. Green uh, or sounds maybe, pretty bad, too, though. It stands you. Eh, I don't know. Uh, I made so much more jello than. I need. <laughs> if you want any jello, go to my house because there's a lot of it prepared. I saw somebody who. For real, filled a swimming pool sized hole with jello and not the like, like apparently a lot of people have tried this, but like it always ends up just being like a soupy mess because they don't actually like know what they're doing because mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to heat it. You just add pectin until it's a solid. Well, right, but you have to heat it first, right? Like that's right. the problem. It has to get to like 160 degrees Fahrenheit and then cool to to create real jello. Oh, I I just assumed that you'd have to have like a cauldron that you were making jello and then pouring it into the pool. They and... what they did was like six like 55 gallon drums that they would heat up the gelatin mixture and then they would drain that into the pool and then like let it they cool they like let it cool, cool in, in layers in and like I think they did like eight, eight or 10 layers of that. Um and then what did they do? Just it's swam in it. Swam in it? Yeah. It seems like it would be great, and then as soon as you did anything with it, it would just be ruined. Um, yeah, I mean, it. yeah. 
the first the first like half hour I think was probably the best of the the times because you'd like you fall into it and you just sort of sit on top and then you could like sort yeah. of push your way. Into I don't know it. about even half hour. I feel like the first dive would be yeah. Good, that was what I was saying. Like it's, it. I, well, but there's enough room for you to like have some virgin jello area <laughs> to like dive into, some right? Virgin jello area. Yep. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm guessing you didn't make that much jello. No, not a, not a pool full. I would just worry that like it, it would have non-intuitive swimming properties, and I would drown. Sure, I don't think you can drown in Jello. I think you can only drown in water. You can breathe Jello. Oh, I see. It's, it's you call it something else. Yeah, <laughs> right. When when uh, you know in the abyss where they breathe that pink Jello. Right. That's real, and all it is is strawberry Jello. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not oxygenated or anything. It just turns out that the flavoring they use to make strawberry Jello can be processed by your lungs into oxygen. <laughs> yep. It's just delicious enough that you go on living. You could also you could also just breathe strawberries in a pinch if you had to. Yeah, yeah. If you're underwater, they're that's they're lumpy, so it's harder. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, did you guys hear that the uh, the current sort of popular banana is probably going to go away? So oh, again, it's about time. Is there actually like a blight? Yeah. Well, so there has been there has been for years, uh, except in South America, where most of the bananas that we've been eating have been coming from. But now it's in South America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's no have, have, there is no variety of banana that is resistant to uh, this. One. There's no replacement mm. this time. There's huh? no, there's no replacement this time. Mm. So so yeah. it's and apparently be... this this replacement is like just orders of magnitude less exciting yeah, that's than, the, what, than the what there original. was a yeah. hundred years ago. Is that true? I like I feel like I looked it was it, apparently very this is bland by comparison. Like the like hyper banana flavored the, the candies and stuff that you have. Yeah but that's closer actually closer to But these to like bananas that. are like bananas that you go and buy at the store today are still pretty fucking they're, good. They're like cute. I don't know they're that good. I I don't know that like oh imagine this but with any intensity turned up 4x i like but we don't know like we just have no i I, i've never eaten the the gross michel or whatever it's called the big mike so i just have no idea what it would take what it would taste like yeah and i have to trust the people who have and say no the cavendish is bullshit yeah i don't know that i do trust the people who have to like i mean like I don't trust old people to know whether the kids today are all right or not. You know, <laughs> I, wonder... like, I don't trust anyone to evaluate whether a thing from their childhood is objectively better than a thing that replaced a thing from their childhood. I wonder because if there I think there's an intense any they, places that they're opinion... still growing the old one that we could. Yeah, try. I, I think they exist. They're just you can't create them in mass quantities. It's it's all these fucking monoculture farms that we have. It's like everything that we. Eat today the, yeah. is going to eventually. The opinion of that, that also has allowed us to feed a population of many billions more people than, which is also problematic. We were right? Able like, to before, not but not good for the Earth, right? Like all this is all of this goes hand in hand and is is like bad. What's the Earth for? Uh, well, not good for much longer. That's well, listen, like we're going to die, yeah, and then something else will live. Yeah, and like, that something else won't have decent bananas, and the your offspring. Like... Are, Fuck those guys. I think he meant we on a longer term. No, I mean we like humans. Like we're not going to destroy the earth. Uh, we're just going to destroy the livability of humans in the on the earth, and then there will be other stuff living. It's entirely possible that we could cause an extinction event that would just wipe out all life, and the, like the planet yeah. itself would survive, but like no living things. Uh, there's there's yeah. shit living. Like there's bacteria living in like the the, the magma flows under the ocean. Sure. I feel like life is pretty good. 
life is pretty sustainable. Macro scale life might. might it seems die. pretty resilient. I don't know I, that I yeah, believe that humans are capable of doing anything would, on the order of even like a reasonably a I reasonably be, large so asteroid hitting the Earth. If we've we already had, wiped out, we've arguably we've already wiped out fifty percent of. The if species we had a runaway greenhouse effect uh, and we turned into Venus, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but for, I mean, there's still those beautiful green women life. on Venus, so some <laughs> right. beautiful green women would survive. You know, uh, the woman, uh, the woman who plays the mute in uh, Orange Is the New Black, uh, is the queen of Venus. I did not know that. And she plays the queen of Venus in The American Astronaut. <laughs> okay. Is that that weird black and white movie? Yes. Okay. Well. That sucks about bananas. Yeah. Smoke them while you got them, I guess. Yeah. Smoke those banana peels. <laughs> hey, Riff, did you ever smoke banana peels? No. Did you ever smoke I, nutmeg? I, uh, no, I just, but I, well, you, you don't smoke nutmeg, I don't think. I think you just peanut, snort you just, it. Peanut you just husks. eat it. Uh, you have to I, eat a I, lot of it, right? Yeah, it's like, like an entire nutmeg nut. Ground is is I the way that looked works. Up. It, it apparently sucks pretty bad. <laughs> I, I I know a guy who who tried that uh, while he was uh, he was actually uh, in the Air Force, living on an Air Force base, and had an Air Force base communications center job, and and took a dose of nutmeg, and then had to go to work for like four days, still kind of tripping on nutmeg the whole time, and it sucked really I thought you were going to say he was in the military, so he had access to America's vast reserves Yes, vast of reserves of mili- nutmeg. Military nutmeg. <laughs> Military-grade military nutmeg. Military-grade nutmeg. <laughs> I just looked up what clove cigarettes were, because I didn't know. I was just like, I'd heard about this thing probably 30 years ago. Aren't they made out of cloves? Uh, so I thought they were like an alternative to tobacco, but you no, make them... Aren't they just tobacco? They're mixed with tobacco. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the regular, it's the herb or spice or whatever it is, clove mixed yeah. with tobacco. Yeah, they wouldn't be any good if they didn't have tobacco in them. Yeah, I, what, what I don't it, know. I, I was hoping that this was like some some hipster was just literally just smoking smoking some herbs. I heard that they get the tobacco from cigarette butts that they pick out of the gutter in India. Oh. That that's recycling. That's efficient. I think that's beaties anyway, not clothes. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. That is beaties. <laughs> I don't remember what they were. The, the Wikipedia page called them like cracklers or something, like the crackles. <laughs> they they Never didn't call them one. clove cigarettes. What? Yeah. That's. Hmm. I've never even heard that term. It's. I think they don't call them probably cigarettes it's anymore. Because probably of the... because I misremembered it. They're not marketed in the U.S. as cigarettes anymore. They can't be. I think they have to market them as cigars mm. uh, because they were subject to the flavored cigarette oh, ban right. that Obama passed early on. Are, aren't flavored cigars also banned? They are not. Oh. So, super effective. Huh. Were, were menthols like a special exception to that or something? I I wonder. Did they? Are there still menthols? I think so. Is menthol I haven't a bought a pack of cigarettes. Is, in a long it's time. just like mint flavor. Sensation. Mint it's, flavor. it's menthol. It's a flavor and a sensation. I mean, the the whole. It's a taste sensation. The whole perceptible, like, it isn't just like tasting it, but the way that you experience a cigarette is to taste it, right? Like, it's not and right. smell it. I guess. I mean, it's not. If cigarettes, creme de menthol. If cigarettes were no longer allowed to taste like anything, it would be great. Also, if they were no longer allowed to smell like anything, that would really improve my life. There's that um, there's that organization for uh, smart tasters, uh, Mentha. 
<laughs> okay. Are you looking at menthols? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the regulation stuff. It, it appears that it appears that they haven't uh, been able to successfully ban menthol cigarettes. Hmm. Yeah, they're pretty good. Menthols? Yeah. yeah. Did you smoke menthols when you smoked, Riff? Yeah, I did. Uh, Salem Lights was my go-to. Isn't that the choice of of witches? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's mainly why it was there's it was a fun sort of like gambler's thing because like every 10,000th cigarette had a horrible curse on it so do you so you vape now yes yes what do you is it like a flavored vape yeah it's uh it's not extreme in the way that like you hear about people vaping birthday cake or whatever i just have one that's it's actually a menthol one. It's like menthol and hmm. lemon is what I mainly use. And then some when I get bored of that, I I switch to one that is uh, basically like a clove cigarette. It's like tobacco flavor plus clove flavor. Hmm. Do you have a sick rig? Uh, I have like a metal cigar looking thing. It's not complicated looking. Does it make crackling noises? Uh. I guess kinda. I mean, I can demonstrate. I don't know if it'll be audible. Oh yeah, let's let's listen to Riff Vape. No, it doesn't make crackling noises. <laughs> that might that might actually be only if like if you fuck up and and liquid gets into a place on the the heat element where it shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Well, now that we've debased ourselves to the point of listening to riff vape so we talk about video games <laughs> i just want to listen to riff vape some more okay. i mean i can continue to do it as we discuss oh, oh great games. okay nice background oh, man are you always vaping are you abv while we're on this <laughs> podcast not typically but if you uh if you can't hear me then i am now are you gonna be <laughs> are you gonna be vaping so hard for this entire puzzle hunt uh, I, uh, I would not try to bring the bottle of vape juice and all this shit through airport. Couldn't uh, you preload your vape dildo with enough vape juice to last a week or two? Uh, no, this thing, this tank is only worth like a day or a day and a half. I do have Jesus. some, I do have some smaller, uh, things that, that are like straight up like e-cigarettes looking things that I will probably... Load up a couple like of those. <coughs> probably easier to just, like travel with nicotine patches or something like that. Yeah, or just yeah, like buy a pack of cigarettes when you get there oh, or I something. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Riff, would you recommend nicotine as a concentration enhancer? Um, you know, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, like, maybe back when you first started. Yeah. Like I, I have, I have no idea anymore what is what is the result of nicotine and what is now just uh, the the relief I feel of not fiending for nicotine. Right. <laughs> yeah, like the placation of an addiction. Because I mean, yeah. you know, a cigarette will a cigarette will wire you up if you need it to, and it will calm you down if you need it to. So it basically can't be doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> huh. A cigar is a good excuse to stay seated in the same place for like an hour and just kind of relax <laughs> and not be working at a desktop computer. 
But you still have a screen, usually. Yeah, yeah, you know, that you can play Hearthstone on. That's true. Speaking of Hearthstone. Yeah. I'm actually really enjoying this new expansion. Yeah. It's fucking great. I have been playing a bunch of, like, actual just Hearthstone against other people Hearthstone, yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's just good. It's There's, pretty good. There are so many different, fun, interesting decks, and it's, like, I have not gotten bored yet, which I, I feel like it ossified pretty fast into some archetypes last patch and this time it seems like there's just people trying all kinds of stuff and it hasn't really like solidified to anything and maybe it won't because that would be cool if it's just if it's just like there's just a bunch of interesting things and people keep playing them that'd be cool i mean i they i don't think that they've somehow stumbled upon like the perfect meta no ossify at all but i mean i guess you could design a good enough meta that there are if there were eight viable exactly. strategies then that is infinitely more variety than, than two or three than if there were yeah yeah um, yeah it's pretty good what are you, what are you rocking uh i've been playing my my favorite one so far has been the quest mechathun warlock uh which is pretty great so mechathun <clears> is the thing that if your deck and hand and board is empty you just automatically win yes okay yeah and so it's just it's just a lot of delay so you're just drawing a lot to try to thin out your deck you get the the quest is in there to help you do that because it gives you it lets you draw a card and it's a zero cost, um, and you it's kind of it requires a lot of finesse to actually play because you have to basically end with the little mech that makes uh, mechs cost one less, and you have to have one of the cards that like destroys all your minions that costs one. Yeah, mana. so that you can get Mechathun out and kill it on the same turn yeah. with your final remaining cards. Exactly. So yeah. there's no chance of like it getting um, silenced, silenced or yeah. whatever. Yep. <clears throat> um, but it, it, I, it, I've been able to consistently win with it pretty regularly. Um, and then just a combo priest, like just m- making big menu, just a lot of card draw and then just get something with massive stats that you just kill them in one turn full north sure yep (laughs) so that's those are the ones that i've been enjoying the most but there's other stuff that's really cool the the battle cry the like unique battle cry uh shaman's pretty fun and i've been playing uh tip to scales paladin which is like a you bunch got, of you murlocs. Got, you got prismatic. Le- you got a bunch of cheap murlocs. You got prismatic lens, which draws a, a minion and a spell and swaps their costs. So as soon as you play that, it is almost guaranteed to draw a very cheap minion and then swap costs with the expensive spell that just summons seven murlocs from your deck. And so you just go from nothing to like a full board of crazy combo murlocs on like turn four. And it doesn't always win, but it's you know it's always interesting. Entertaining. It's always exciting. Yeah. This is. It is just like a weirdly really good expansion. Yeah. I think having quests and having, and also just like bringing back more stuff that's like if you have no <clears throat> duplicates in your deck. Yeah. Because um, those are just fun, right? Because those are not usually strong enough to win, but they force you to just have a, a huge variety of cards and then it's just a bunch of fun to play. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's It's good. There's that weird card that lets you wish for... A, if you have no duplicates in your deck and you play this card, it lets you wish for a, an optimal card, and it's it like theoretically analyzes the board state and gives you something good. Yeah, like if there's like any card that it can... <clears throat> it, in theory, if there's any card it can give you that gives you lethal, it, it, does. it will. Yeah, wow. it will offer that to you. Like I definitely had it where it was like, huh, I don't know, I can't kill this guy because he has a taunt minion. I played the thing to let you wish for a card, and it just gave me a silence. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, 
that's a way past that guy. Yep. So it's like hmm, pretty smart. That is pretty smart. Man, Hearthstone, Jim, you love it. Yep. Yeah, you don't, I remember, you don't. I've just been staring off into space, waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't played anything else. Uh, I played a game called uh, Church in the Darkness, which is uh, a game that uh, somebody who was at the Indie Mega Booth had made, and they sort of talked about it in the Slack, and it came out on Switch um, and I think PC as well. Um, is this the, like, you're leading a cult on an island? And, no. Oh, like Sigmund? There, this isn't the, like, the, the text game? There, It is not. Okay. Um, it is... It, it's sort of a systems e stealth game where you try to infiltrate a oh, fuck yeah okay you try to infiltrate like a group of sort of people down in South America who it's like the Jim Jones thing yeah and like I'm, I'm thinking of the Shrouded Isle sorry okay um, it's I want to like it but it's got some issues um, the the voice acting is sort of so-so and there's it, it sort of is constantly playing audio clips as if like the leaders of the cult are like sort of talking over loudspeakers and there's like maybe 20 different things that they say and it just cycles through them all the time hmm. um, so it gets kind of repetitive and annoying that way um, I get the sense that there's there's more and more systems that unlock as you finish it with different endings but it takes so long to complete it like I, I played through it twice and I was like, yeah, I just don't think I have enough interest in this to to keep unlocking more stuff because it doesn't. It's not. How long is a playthrough? It depends on how lucky you are in terms of finding stuff. Uh, but it's like half an hour, an hour. Mm. If it was like fifteen or twenty minutes, I could see doing that. But and maybe if you just go in and just shoot everybody, it would be. But that doesn't seem like it doesn't like narratively. That seems like a super dubious choice. Because um, they're just a lot of these people are just like innocent sort of bystanders, and so that feels like a tough choice to make. Um, but yeah, you like you have to you have to be really careful about your stealthy stealthiness around to to not get noticed, and if you do, then like you lose a bunch of resources and stuff. It's just it's just it gets frustrating. Um, so it's you have to kind of progress slowly, and that kind of makes it just drag on too much. I think. Um, but that's about it. I've been trying to like go back and finish Mario Maker 2, like the story mode stuff, but the levels are getting kind of hard. Are you trying to beat every level or just, yeah, just I'm trying just trying to, to do the... All, the, all the jobs. Okay. So you've already finished the castle. Uh, no, I guess there's, I've got like 91% complete or something, okay. but there's a lot of jobs left. There's like 40 or 50. Yeah. Yeah. Jobs. You, you, you finished the castle with maybe half the jobs left. Yeah. That's, it's a, that seems weird. To me, no, there's just a bunch of areas. It's a lot of optional stuff. stuff. Oh, I guess that's true. There's like, you don't have to do any of them, and you get you get to choose which ones you do. So that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just been doing them in order, and so like I hit a hard one, and it just I can, eventually yeah. can beat it. But it's just like there was one level that um, it wasn't one of the jobs. It was like one of the side quest things, and it was uh, you get in one of the boot things, and then. There are basically no platforms. You just have to jump between, like the sort of bullets, the bullet bill type oh, yeah, things, yeah. and like that was really hard and frustrating. Um, and I was just like, I'm just surprised that they're making levels that are like that annoying 
as part of the storyline. But I guess they tell you that they're hard. So maybe yeah, it's... and then you can skip them. Like, yeah, I think that's ex- all super that's, optional. That's intentional that some of yeah. them. They're not progress blocking. But Yeah, there's probably like a better, there's probably some good easy level for like farming coins. that. Right. Sorry, I never looked for one, but. It just always seemed easier to just keep doing a yeah. job. And there were always enough, like, moderate difficulty ones to pay for the next upgrade. There was almost never a time where I, like, played a level without there being any work being done on the castle. Right. <clears throat> I put a bunch of hours into a game that I don't know if I believe that it's good, but it is compelling, at least. It is called Stone Story RPG. Huh. Um, it is... It's basically like a candy box. Okay. Um, there are a lot of. It's it's oh, all. Is this the ASCII stick figure? Yeah. One. Okay. It's, it's, I've seen that. It's ASCII stick figure. When you when you like go to a level, your your guy plays autonomously. Okay. Right. You can you you can equip a thing in his right hand and a thing in his left hand, and you know it starts out it's like a ah, sword and a sword shield martini. or whatever. And so it's yeah. And then you and then he goes and fights monsters, and then it's like ah, now you've built a shovel. So now if you find a rock, you can use the shovel to break the rock up. And you're collecting resources that you're using to like kind of upgrade a, a base, uh, and new things become available. Like you get. What platform is this for? PC. Okay. Um, you you eventually. You get a thing that's like, ah, oh, this lets you see the stats on monsters. And so you learn that there are, like, elemental weaknesses and stuff. And then this, like, you go through enough places and it's like, all right, now you've built an anvil so you can combine items together. And then you get into this, like, hmm. insane system Doodle where, like, God. two swords two swords become, a like, a one-star sword. Two one-star swords become a two-star sword. And I'm pretty sure it goes up to... I've gotten stuff up to eight and not gotten the achievement for getting it all the way, which that is, like, I think, <laughs> 1,024. Like, wow. And you can do it. You can just be like, all right, combine 1,024 swords, and it just gives you a, a level X sword. Or whatever. But there's, like, all of these... Then there's, like, wands with runes on them, and you can combine a rune with a certain thing to make an elementally aligned weapon, and, and like, there's a bunch of different ways into a bunch of the different recipes. And so then a lot of the levels become, like, well, if you have the right gear, this is trivial, and the guy just gets through it without taking any damage, but you have to figure out what the right gear is and farm it and and get it. And it keeps doing surprising things. Like, you eventually unlock a thing that now, when you play a level... At the end, it just restarts to the beginning of the level. So now, if you play something, if you if you huh. gear your if you gear yourself up and you to be able to damage. just go through things, then you can just tab out right. and let it huh. run until your entire inventory fills up with treasure chests, which is how you end up getting a thousand twenty four swords right. or whatever. I just got to a point where it unlocks another one of the like mythic rune stones, but this is the one that lets you write scripts for your guy to Whoa. run. Oh, so it's so, no longer just so you autonomous. Can, yeah, so you can you can write scripts that respond bond to like how close is an enemy what are my hit points at like what and change wow. gear and stuff based on that and oh, i'm like man i don't know how That's... into that i want to get i mean this is cool for the people who are really into it i guess i can probably like net deck some scripts for yeah. <laughs> right for for doing a thing um, it sounds like a seems... much more interesting take on the typical idle game yeah yeah oh it really is it's it kind of splits the dip when i first started playing it i was like why, do, why the fuck do I have to watch a progress bar go across every time I hit, like, every time I do one of these upgrades or whatever? And it, that still feels weird, but it doesn't feel as weird given the extent to which it has kind of morphed into being at least somewhat an idle game. Huh. 
Um, you, you know, you, it seems like you can kind of brute force your way through stuff by just collecting a shitload of items, but it takes a long time. So you can be smart and do it faster or you can. Yeah. Which is great. You know, that's great. Um, and what's it called again? Stone story RPG. Weird. Yeah. Strange name. It is. This a web game. No, it's just a PC game. It's on steam. Oh, you, you pay for it. Yeah. I think it's like 10 bucks or something. It's apparently been in development for five years since Jeez. Candy Box came out. Huh. The ASCII art is really nice. Wait, is this by the Candy Box developer? No. Okay. No. It's just a lot like the parts of Candy Box where your dude is running yeah. along a, a floor and fighting monsters. That's neat. Um, that's basically it. I was I was going to look at my phone to see if there was anything on my phone that I'd been playing, but uh, I just I finally have this big phone, so I installed Hearthstone. <laughs> just been playing Hearthstone on, on phone, your phone on my Hearth phone. Wow, <laughs> that's a so that and that's a game that you have to play sideways. Yep, and you're not hating it. No, nah, it's fine. Huh? Fascinating. I mean, I'm only playing. I wouldn't make a deck on my phone. Sure, but you can just. And because I know what all the cards do, right? I hardly yeah. ever have to look at anything. Right. That's true. But yeah, that's that's all. What have you been playing, Jim? I played a game called uh, Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. Oh yeah. I saw people I also talking about that. It's it's real good. So it's it's a it's a Pico Eight thing. You can play it on the web. Uh, it takes about five minutes. Um. Pause the podcast, go play this game because uh, I'm about to talk about it. You should also, while you're uh, while you're paused, you should go play Pippin Bar's chest variation things. Are can you play those yeah, on the web? You can play them on your phone, but there is there a way to get them into like playing against AI mode? No, you play you're playing against another person, but you can just you can get the idea. Of well, sure. Them. Which is that's sure. I, I mean, I would say I, I got the idea of them, but I would not say that I played them because you can't play. You well, have you to, just have, to have somebody else with you, with that's like another person, never a human being. Sure. Sorry. All right, Jim. The listeners have now played yeah. Pippin Bar's chesses, and, and they which, forgot all about Alfonso's bowling challenge because apparently you can't play. But, Kevin ruined them. Um, oh, sorry. So this is a uh, a game. It starts out with the. Uh, bowling mechanic where you the 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 view of the play field is side on and there are there's a set of bowling pins hanging in the air and the ball is kind of just bouncing around the screen you you can you can move it left to right but you can't control its bounces um and but then there are um two moving platforms on the left and right sides of the screen that constantly move up and down and so you can ride you can use that to make the ball ride up and then move it over to hit the pins um this and doesn't sound much like bowling it's not um <laughs> and it gets less like bowling uh and it 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 then goes through a uh, a bunch of variations on that um where one of them you're playing breakout for example and one of them is a boss fight with an enormous pin um and and, and it's it's just really well paced and well constructed and um every level has like a nice joke title screen right where they like backspace the 
the the, the word bowling <laughs> right and replace it with something else yeah. right yeah there's the breakfast challenge where you're having to hit eggs while a moving frying pan is underneath them so right. that they will land in the frying pan yeah yeah it's just it's just really well done uh and and a delight how how long is it about five it, i i I think it took me like six or seven minutes to finish the first time. Wow. Okay. But it's about it's it's very short. It's a it's a Pico Eight thing, so like Pico Eight games can't get that big. Um and so if it's if there's one that's like throwing new stuff at you as fast as this one is, it's gotta be a short game. I wish I liked Pico Eight more in general. Using it? Well, I started looking into, I'm like, oh, maybe you should make a Pico 8 game. And then I started looking at it and I was like, no, no, I shouldn't. This looks like it fucking sucks to develop in. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's No, it's actually very enjoyable. Um, I Although I um, stopped using the in-program in editor that's like the 35 by 12 screen, code editor screen mm. that they give you. And I just used a regular... A text editor to edit the program. Is there something weird about Pico 8 where the programs themselves are saved out as images? Yeah. The, yeah, the you can do that. When when you get the 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 software is I think a PNG image that is formatted to look like a cartridge with a label on it <laughs> that looks like your game. And then the the actual code info is in like the back half of the structure of the PNG file. Uh, I yeah, see. That, that's one of the ways you can distribute a game. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, that's cool. I, I found Pico Eight to be a, um, a fun set of restrictions. Like it, it's it's one of those things where, like, if you 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 can't, it it kind of automatically checks your ambitions, where. It's impossible mm-hmm. to overscope a game a game like that because the you just run into the limit of how big the game can be. Right. Uh, and I played um, I played You Are a Wizard by Heather Flowers, who's most famous for the Meat Punks series. Uh, and it's a uh, a platform. There's actually very little wizardry in it. Oh. Which I thought was like kind of disappointing. Um, it's a a platformer where you have some. Jeez, oh, I can't think of anything interesting to say about this game. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're a wizard, but you don't cast spells. You do kind of. No, no, no. I remember playing this game and thinking, oh, yeah, I should talk about it on the podcast. And now that I actually try to think about, like, what could I say about this game that would be interesting to people who haven't played it? And I'm actually really kind of falling short. Maybe we should, maybe I'll come back to this next week. And next week I'll spend five minutes floundering about it, too. <laughs> okay. That could just be a recurring segment. Yeah. Jim tries to think of something interesting to say about you are a wizard. Does it have realms? Sort of, yeah. It's got it's it's definitely like you're you're exploring spaces. Oh, it's got these fox these quiz foxes that keep showing up, where one of the one of the foxes keeps asking you riddles that are very bad, and the other one is apologizing for the first one. Hmm. And but asking asking that you humor them, uh, just so they feel better about it. I thought that was pretty good. Okay, I've got one thing. Okay. All right, and I played um, 
Stranger Things, the uh, the phone game from like two so the, years ago. The original one, not the new one. Is, is there a new one? There's a new one out on like at least the Switch. Maybe I should play that one. Which is for Stranger Things season three. This yeah, is like the, this Super, the, the Super Nintendo looking one. For <clears throat> that was about the it was about season one. Yeah, um, it was pretty fun. I, how far did you get in this game? I don't. I don't know. I didn't finish it. Yeah. I so the game starts out with you being in a kind of an office complex, and you're solving pretty simple puzzles and um, engaging in pretty simple combat by by tapping on the screen. Like you tap on an enemy, and your dude goes over there and punches him. Um, and then you can tap on um, a button, and the dude pushes the button. And it's, you know, moderately entertaining. You're exploring this office complex and finding uh, useful items. Um, and then you finish that level, and it turns out there's an overworld. There's like a whole town, yeah, um, which has a ton of stuff in it. It, it. There is a lot of stuff in this game, and there is no organizational. There's no way to keep track of it. Like hmm. you will find. Um, people who ask you to do things, but like there's no quest logs. You just kind of have to remember that this person wants a skateboard or whatever. Um, this sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. And I will talk about that too. Um, <laughs> and I think the, the, the problem is that like a game of this, of this apparent scope, at least I actually never even got to what I assume was the second level. Hmm. Uh, I went into other buildings and there's stuff there. Like, I totally like the I forget her name, but the uh, the the woman who lost her child, played by Winona Ryder in the first season. I went into her house and destroyed her toilet because that's something you can do with every toilet in the game. Destroy it instead of flushing it. <laughs> that's right. You tap on it just and you just don't know your own strength. <laughs> Is it by somebody? Byers was it Castle Byers was that his yeah thing so he's Will Byers sure she's Natalia Byers okay got it I, I destroyed Natalia Byers toilet she and I just changed her name to be B Y E R apostrophe S because that's easier to say she uh gets so much like I feel like in the first season of Stranger Things it felt like Winona Ryder was like failing to play her a character her own age but then like in the second and third season she just sort of plays herself and it's way better huh. just an aside on Winona Ryder I just I feel as a middle-aged man uh, that it's my place to criticize the performance of a woman <laughs> in an entertainment property that I like to uh so yeah you were were you just destroying toilets option paralysis uh it was it was mostly like that I, I that that made me not trust the designers, hmm. um, and so I kind of just petered out. I keep meaning to get back to it, but then like, and, and it's weird because like I kind of got excited about this game because games where you explore a space on a phone are actually pretty rare. Like, and this is very much in that vein, but it's just it just feels poorly made. I wish you could play it with a controller. Like, I feel like. One of the things that makes that kind of game a thing that you'll stick with is it being satisfying to sort of move around and fight stuff, and yeah. and it's just not. Yeah, like, it it was not that for sure. Action game touch controls are just like, meh. yeah. What about you, Riff? 
I played through um, an entire randomized run of Order of Ecclesia for the DS. Uh, it was yeah, pre- pretty cool. <laughs> was it hard? It started out super hard because it, it took a long time before I found a useful weapon. Uh, so, ba- yeah, basically it, it, it started out real challenging, and then as stuff opened up and I found some usable weapons, it became pretty easy. And then at the end, it got it got a little bit harder again because the uh, the scaling on the enemies uh, caught up to where I was, and so so at, at like near the end, it became like standard Order of Ecclesia difficulty, which is actually kind of hard uh, for the trilogy as a whole. Uh, but beat it without beat it without too many problems i kind of had to cheese the boss with a particular weapon combination but it uh, it worked so i won so hooray <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it was uh it's uh it was really fun uh just the like admittedly a lot of what i found super fun about it was that the randomized Markov chain dialogue for everything was super stupid and hilarious most of the time. But, um, but also just that it's a game with good gameplay anyway, and having like a totally new, like randomized map to go through is, is just going to be fun. Like if you like this game, here's a way to, to have more of it in combinations that you weren't familiar with. And, and, at like for like the first half of the game you're going to be probably limited to weapons and skills that you never really used very much because that'll be all you have <laughs> so it yeah it's interesting and you don't feel like it it that an authored version of it i, I the authored version is definitely superior. better yeah but like <coughs> the authored version of it can only re- be really good once and then there's sure. no surprises. So, so that it, I feel like that just forces that, like that, that right there makes me just want to play other Metroidvanias. Sure. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I just, I just do that. And yeah, that's valid. Like the idea, the idea of a randomized one, like maybe it would be good, but I feel like most of the time what I enjoy is the, like, is the seeing how the designers sort of, make things interesting yeah. with different systems and different the like, the limitation on that of course is like and stuff. always finding new <clears throat> ones of those right yeah so. <laughs> sure they take a long time to make yeah compared to how long they take to play and um so yeah that was that was interesting um the other thing i've mainly been playing is the uh the fan translation of uh, uh, Rocket Slime 3, right? which is pretty cool. It's basically Rocket Slime again. It's it's not very different. Uh, the main differences are that um, you have, like, a full world map, and all the continents are shaped, like, just like Earth. <laughs> so I, I guess huh. the implication is that the Dragon Warrior monsters have conquered the entire planet and there are no humans anywhere. <laughs> so good on them, I guess. Um, 
and it's instead of instead of it being uh, duels in like battle tanks, it's all pirate ships. Mm. And uh, instead of those duels being like like one and done, like you you encounter here's a place where you're going to have a duel now when you're wandering through a level. All the all of the duels are out on the world map as you're as you're like traveling from one city to another city. There are enemy pirate ships sailing around as well, and they'll either if they if you get near you can either run straight into them to initiate a fight yourself, or if you get close enough that they notice you, they will either run towards you or run away from you, depending on your relative power level. Are you are all of the cities that you go to coastal? Are you always in the ship? Uh, yeah, they are pretty much always coastal. Although there are some, if there's at least one that you have to uh, find an entrance to a river to navigate to the interior of the continent to get to it. What continent is it? Is it the Mississippi River? I don't remember. Although there is there is a there is a, a like a. a like a quest area, like a walking around picking up objects area that is in the United States. I think it, it appears to be around New York. Uh, oh, yeah, it's definitely New York now that I think about it because the boss is the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, it's called Gun Valley. <laughs> so if, if you're wondering maybe why this hasn't been localized for an official release in English, this might have something to do with it. Is that just what the Japanese called New York? I don't know. Maybe. Is New York a valley? Well, in a if you graph every city by how many guns are in it, and also alphabetically, then <laughs> the New York is a valley. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty good. The fan, the it. Well, the game is great, uh, just like the previous one. The fan translation is fine. Like, it lets you play the game in English. The dialogue is all right. It doesn't sparkle. Uh, there's a lot of instances of, like, you didn't mean to have a line break there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and, like, the, the your font is too big to pack all that text into this dialogue box space. and Or not dialogue box, but, like, menu uh, field I wonder if they just, and things like if that. If the text was all edited in, like, a big... Very like probably, so yeah. And also, this is the this is context. not their like final version. They they pretty clearly say, "Hey, this is our beta one." <laughs> so feel free to tell us about typos and shit. So maybe eventually there will be a more cleaned up looking version. But yeah, it plays fine, and uh, it is a it is a fun game. You it it might actually be possible to play it without the translation, uh, just because it's it's a real visual sort of game. Uh, it, you would have to like, you would have to fuck around with all the menus to learn which menu option did what. But I feel like it wouldn't be that hard. It would be, it would be, it would probably be not much harder than figuring out that Japanese phone game with the cats. So right. But yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I've been playing. Well, then is it time to discuss our assignment? A short hike. Sure. This was not such a short hike. How long was it? It wasn't I, long. I feel like four hours. Yeah, I, I finished really it like an hour and a half. Yeah, I feel like I. Wow, really? I probably finished yeah. it after a couple of hours. I hundred percented it. Okay. So yeah, I definitely didn't get everything. I 
how I found like three treasure, like secret treasure riddle maps and solved two of them and was on my, there's a, th- there's, there's a yeah. third treasure map. I guess I, only yeah, got, there's three. I guess I, I only got two of them. I, I, 66% of it down. <laughs> the, the, I found like the third one, like while I was on my way home from getting to the peak and then got distracted and found myself at home and I was like, oh, well, all right, I guess I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, I did a bunch of stuff after finishing it. I, I did the thing where you lend some of your feathers to. Well, so let's just talk about this. Yeah, game. Yeah, somebody describe yeah. what this game is. So this is a game where you are, um, you are a Animal Crossing kind of style bird, who is on vacation on a an island, and you are trying to get to the top of the island where there's the best cell phone reception, so you can receive a phone call from your mom who just had surgery. Um. Spoilers. I guess you don't know that at the beginning. Yeah. The, the, the player character knows what the player doesn't. Um, and I think the getting cell phone reception was kind of chosen as um, a goal that would be like, why would I why would I do that? I am here on this beautiful, beautiful island. I'm going to explore the island because that's what the game wants you to do. Uh, and you 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 walk around and you talk to animal folks yeah there's like maybe 20-ish like npcs yeah around the and island. They, they're all pretty charmingly <clears throat> written although all in the same voice which is kind of yeah but it, that didn't bother me no, like, it didn't bother me either yeah. um uh and you solve like zelda style puzzles and do quests for them and this is lots what, of little mini games. Lots of little mini games. This is yeah. what we were talking about earlier. That, like there's no, and... there's no quest log, and like you just have to remember who lost their watch and where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but there but were not the so many tasks of it, that like yeah, I couldn't keep it in my head. The yeah. scope of it was small enough that it wasn't that big a deal. And also, it was um, it was casual enough that I didn't feel like it was a problem if I didn't find my way back to that guy. I was just sort right. of meandering and and like. Oh, that, there's the yeah. guy who wanted all these seashells. Oh, hey, I, I happen to have enough seashells now. Here you yeah, go, it was, buddy. It was way more you know. common for me to just bump into a quest giver and, and finish the quest that way than to seek them out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was just like a world that I wanted to see. And I think that's like the, the, the big pleasure of this game is just is just exploring and all, finding all the nooks and crannies. and yeah. It is a the... little treasure chest digging up some coins. <laughs> Right. It's a little too large to like for me to keep the like geography all in my head at one time. Oh well, yeah, I, I don't I don't feel like I internalized it. Like if I if there was like a map, then maybe I could have done so. But like I there's I relied a lot on the signs to get around when I was trying to move directedly, um, and I relied a lot on like local knowledge like i if i recognize the scene i know that like right. oh right over this hill is this other thing here yeah um the the sort of central mountain is way taller than it lets on yeah first. extremely <laughs> tall uh and that's something that i really loved about this was that when you get up past um like the a certain altitude um so there, one of the mechanics in this game is uh you have a certain number of golden feathers and you collect the feathers. You, you collect them, you can buy them from people and you can find them in the world. And 
um, you expend the feathers to climb walls or to um, to flap your wings to fly. They're sort of like a stamina meter. Yeah, um, and then when you're on the ground, they re- replenish. But once you get above a certain altitude, um, the f- feathers that you expend, they freeze and they no longer replenish when you're just standing on the ground. You have to find a hot spring or a fire. To warm up, yeah. Uh, which I, I really loved as like just kind of an ex- escalation of the stakes of the situation. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of like uh, at the end of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, where you have to do the final leg of the last mission without your time-rewinding dagger. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just I really... So one of the things that bugged me about it was um, the weird forced low-resolution rendering. Like, it, this game renders at, like, some, like... It looks like, like a 320 by 200, but... It, maybe a little like a, less. It's like a PS1 game. It, it does feel a little bit like that, yeah. And and you can um, go into the options, the accessibility options, and increase the resolution a little bit. I don't know why they don't let you just render it at your screen screen resolution. Um, the models probably aren't detailed enough to support that. I mean, I would have right. been happier if they just kind of looked like lo-fi models rendered at high resolution i don't know i so i I, so like what about what about that style bothers you it was just so i i feel like it's it's just it's just ugly yeah it looks i i think like i absolutely hated this this game wow it's so it is so not you letting us have this whole conversation (laughs) before you get to this part oh yeah yeah but i but i like i i wasn't expecting anybody else to agree with me that the game looks like trash like it's it looks fine in a screenshot. Did you try b- bumping up to 150% resolution in no, the options? No, I, uh, I didn't see that it, that was an option. It was a lot more tolerable at that uh-huh. point, and I was able to just kind of see past the pixels. I couldn't tell where, like, I was constantly running off of cliffs that I didn't know were there. I yeah. could never tell what direction the ground yeah. was sloping. Like, I just had to quit playing this game after, like, 15 minutes because I was so angry. Yeah, the like, camera is a big problem. It's mm. abominable. I the camera isn't intentional yeah right? i didn't like, notice they any use it, trouble with it they use that to like hide stuff really riff you never got like you never like accidentally went the wrong way because the camera flipped around while you were moving not real. i mean i didn't there were a couple of times you're like oh it camera flipped real weird there and i went back the other way and it flipped back and i continued on my way it yeah it didn't bug me and, yeah, and, it, it was and like up. i i did not test this but my suspicion is that the is that it's designed that the camera is always pointing towards the center of the island that it's it's built on like con- no, concentric no, it's, rings. it's more complicated is than it that. more complicated it's, it's than that re- it's, 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 so... it's it's kind of like that i mean yeah. the, the island is not the island is not round so it's there and are times when it's like spoilers another island there's four islands. Yeah. yeah. I found that other cluster. island, and then it took me probably 10 minutes to swim back from it because I, like, basically every time the camera randomly pans somewhere between 90 and 270 degrees, I now have no idea which fucking direction I'm going. And so I try to reorient myself, and the camera just wildly pans around again. Like, I spent almost the entire time that I was playing the game swimming and just swearing at the camera. Because that's that's a really bad experience. It's so bad. I I it is unbelievable to me that you guys just said that you didn't have any issues with the camera. 
Yeah. I, I, well, mean, I mean, I also didn't spend any time swimming. So the, but even just, I feel like about half of the time my character was not visible on the screen. So did of, you ever use the mouse at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause bit. that helps you a little bit. Um, I only found out I was actually I feel like I would have had a worse impression of the camera if I'd tried to use the mouse and it let you move like three degrees yeah it lets you move it a little bit but not enough to mean anything um, it's just the fact that you can be holding left yeah and the camera will cause you to flip around yeah or you just, you just even not be moving the direction that you're pushing anymore well like, you are moving the direction you're pushing pushing that just means a different thing yeah. because the camera's changed yeah, the, the only... which is not that's not great but like if you're if they're not going to give you complete control over the camera anyway they, they have the, to do something the only time the camera was actually a problem for me was in the end game where where like if you suddenly run in the wrong direction it can actually matter because you lose a feather hmm. to get back up on the on the ledge um because you were trying to get to the top with minimal feathers like I, by the I time mean, that i went I to was the top just trying i to had get to the top with however many feathers i had, I had like 19 like, feathers and oh, two, holy two, shit. Two, like two silver feathers and stuff so what? Like it, yeah, just yeah. Was, it was yeah you can just at that point you could just climb you can like, basically just up the wall. fly almost all the way to the top from, <laughs> yeah from the ground. damn i had i only had like 11 gold ones when i finished the game and i didn't even know that silver ones were a thing yeah silver ones make it so that you fly much higher for each feather you expend so when you get two of them you're going you're like getting a lot of vertical altitude so it's it's much easier to explore the island that way i found that flying was less helpful for exploration than i feel like it should have been just because of the fog i kept accidentally dive like every time i got up high and tried to fly i somehow I would hit the wrong button and so just that, di- what, dive. That's not that holding. That's not you, holding a direction. Yeah. Yeah. When you're not only holding a direction, but you're holding the fly button, you dive straight down. I don't think that's a good huh. control scheme. Like especially with the, in conjunction with the camera, where like my instinct when the camera starts doing the flippity flip is to, is to, to let to go. Let go. Yeah, yeah. Until it reorients well, itself. Well, yeah, the, the right thing to do is just to immediately flip the to the other, pushing yeah. the other direction. What an awful awful it's but awful like that thing for me that was just like video game it, like that was just uh yeah i, I, I don't think the dive. second nature or whatever but it was like like oh the camera flipped i need to go the other direction and like it just yeah if you see, whereas we for me it's like the camera flipped now i have no fucking idea where anything or me is anymore and like the compass like fucking compass fuck you <laughs> that's yeah. just like hey here's a cruel joke instead of anything that would actually make this island navigable to, to me, Zach Johnson. I recognize that this is just a problem with me to a large extent. I Every, think and I'm so, so like, bummed. Everybody loves this game so much. Just listening to like the Creighton Crowbar where everybody loved it. Although I was kind of half asleep while I was listening to it. So maybe some of them also were like, maybe one it of was them just, was I mean, me. it's just delightful, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah. It's just like lots of little fun tasks and the writing is enjoyable. But you have and, to like, be able to see the game. In sure. Order to... yeah. I, liked, I liked the stuff that I was doing, but I was like when somebody said they wanted something i was like well tough shit because i am never ever going to be able to fucking find you again i mean a lot of it is just wandering around and then running into them again Mm -hmm. in some other situation right like that's yeah now i'm bummed that i only found two of the three treasure maps i thought i'd found everything which two did you find uh the one with the lighthouse shadow and the one with the throne okay yeah the there is a third one that references a specific named beach. 
Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't find I, that one. Uh, I think a guy gave it to me. I don't remember which huh. guy though. I never. They talk about a guy oh, with a the with guy a, at the ranger station on top. I found that one. Oh, the, the the guy that yeah. There's it was like, it was a guy who was walking up to an overlook, and I told him I'd meet him at the overlook, and then when I talked to him there, he gave me he gave it to me. Huh. I got there and I thought that that was the top of the mountain that I was supposed to go to the top of. And so I was like, well, okay, I've done it. And then I jumped off to see if I could go somewhere and I have no idea which died. direction I went. And then I ended up in the ocean and then I just all death forward and uh, the game. <laughs> hmm. I had three gold feathers um, and a shovel. You do this in 15 minutes? That's pretty good. Maybe it was longer. I don't know. I had to spend a bunch of time trying to find enough money to buy the first feather. feather. Yeah, because I just kept going to the same place over and over again, trying to go somewhere different. I the first thing I did was like go right instead of left at the at the start. So I was basically swimming around the island. Yeah, um, same. And you and you like you get some weird dialogue things because you talk to people and they're, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm climbing up to Hawksby." I was like, "Okay, I guess that's what I'm doing." And yeah, like, eventually, because you don't know you don't know that. The character doesn't even know that yet, theoretically. Oh, but you, they, you did that before even talking to your dad outside the cabin? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's just... That's funny. Which, which is fine. Yeah. You know, like, I, I can't expect them to cover every every base, but it was kind of amusing. Um, yeah, yeah, I like mean, the otherwise I... they would have had to, like, force you into the dialogue with your dad, and that would have it, been exactly. co- contrary to the spirit game, of the game. And, I didn't realize I didn't realize how important this was to me. This game never forces you into dialogue ever. Yep. The it, well, it does by having the key to start the dialogue be the same key as skips oh, right. through the dialogue, and so every right. conversation I had, or, I or ended up having at least twice. Or if you're trying to jump. Yeah. the The real bummer of the dialogue system for me in this game is that um, if you talk to somebody, they go through this list of things they say, um, and if you talk to them again after they're exhausted, they'll just repeat the last thing on the list. And the last thing on the list is often a really elaborate, jokey conversation that you just... So it requires like three and four... Back and forth. Back and forth. And, yeah. and like maybe it was amusing the first time. Um, like the, the... If you talk to the guy who gives you the compass, like it, it takes like... 15 seconds of jamming on Z to get away from them every time, which is, you know, it, it's only a problem because you can't remember who everyone exactly. is. Like, or oh, here's somebody. Want. I don't remember if I've talked to this person right. before. Yeah. I mean, and all these problems are like, I don't know. They're, I feel like they're all solvable, but also I loved this game. So it, I feel bad complaining about it. Like, uh, when I, at the end of the game, you get to fly up higher than you've ever flown before. And I was, I forgot about the dive mechanic and I just immediately <laughs> fell down into the ocean. <laughs> but even when, even when you like are flying up there, there's nothing to see because of the fog. Well, there's the Aurora. Right. Yeah. That's going to be the, I think the pretty thing. Um, well, but you can if you don't go crazy high, you can just start sort of spiraling down around the island, which I think is what you're yeah. intended to do, and that's that's pretty. Yeah, it is. Um, 
Yeah, the fog mechanic is weird. I mean, I, I wonder if it's a um, an LOD kind of thing, like trying to hide uh, like terrain that wouldn't look good. Sure. Or if it's like an atmospheric thing or what. I don't know. I feel like they use it for a little bit of puzzly stuff because like, there's the ranger cabin and then there's a set of binoculars that lets you look from behind that and you, you can see that there's a chest there. So if you go back, you can like you'll see it, and you, but you can also just I like encountered it by accident. Um, and I think I think a lot of those like binocular things are meant to um, to like show you where a, a particular chest is or something. Yeah, or, or some sort of secret. <laughs> I, I feel like that sort of thing. Um, it kind of only really calls attention to the fact that like this bird would just be able to see things right in front of it all the time yeah like it, it's always it's always uh, a first person bird um and it's only like these things that are hidden are only hidden to you the because the player, of the camera <laughs> with the with the supposed bird's eye view right uh-huh. i uh the first race that i did i made the mistake of like trying to do it real fast and then uh, what I didn't realize was that the opponent would then just like copy my oh, route, yeah. and so every subsequent race I would get there early, and then I would just sit there in front of the finish line until the until the NPC was like nearby, and then I'd finish so that uh, I could beat my time again. Is that something you needed? Uh, I don't think so, but it just made me angry that the when I wanted to. Because I wasn't sure that there wasn't something after right. being like three times in a row or whatever. Right. So yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you pay off that kid's student loans? I did. I did pay off the student loans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought one of the things that I thought was really nice in this game is you get halfway up the mountain and there is somebody who can't proceed because the bridge is out and they can't fly. Um, and after you get up there, you can come back down and talk to them and lend them some of your golden feathers. Oh, nice. So they can make the flight. And so, like, it's it's kind of a... Um, then, but to then get them back, you have to meet them at the top. Right. So if you don't have very many... Uh -huh. Yeah, you can probably fuck yourself. Well, you I mean, you well, just have to go, have to go back more. down and get more, yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that was a really sweet thing. And you got a, a nice moment with them up at the top. There's I, a lot of really sweet moments. I was yeah. pleased that... I had enough of enough golden feathers that I didn't feel like I needed to buy any from the asshole who was scalping them. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's he's the one who you, whose student loan debt you pay off if you do actually do that. Oh really? Yeah. Well, screw but him he's anyway. Also, <laughs> but he's the one. I mean, this is all spoilers. But he's also the one that has the pocket watch. Oh. So you can't complete that quest unless you pay off his huh. pay off his his debt. Um. All this stuff sounds cool. Yeah, it's neat. It's just like a bunch of little fun character stuff. Um, the tone is charming. Playing that stickball game is a lot easier once you get the running shoes mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't find a stickball game. It's like a... It's basically on the far side of the island from where you start. I did find that while I had my shovel equipped, every time I picked up another stick in the world, it equipped it and unequipped my shovel. Yep. Which was annoying. Yeah, that is mm -hmm. a little annoying. Do the sticks end up being for anything? 
stick ball <laughs> stick team i've only i only ever use them with this with the ball with hmm. the stick ball the the bucket is also like everything sort of unequips yeah like the in a kind of a weird way and making a weird noise yeah to like, i think to let you know like that it every has... single thing like when it unequips it makes like a change jingling in your pocket sound yeah Well, what's our next assignment? What is our next assignment? Did we decide? I just assumed we were doing Dicey Dungeons. We can do Dicey Dungeons. Sure. Yeah. It's good. It's out now. Seems like a good plan. Although I, so far my experience with it has been frustration that the features that I'm interested in are locked behind a bunch of progression uh. Uh, in the final version. Because you, you played a bunch of it. Yeah. So you know what's coming. Yeah. There's all these different like sort of mutators on normal gameplay, but none of those are available. And I looked into it and I guess you just have to like beat the game with every class on the basic level first, which makes sense. So you Well, no, it doesn't really. What would make sense is once you beat the game with a class, it unlocks the mutators for that class. Um, But also no cloud saves. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. That. Huh. I would. I, I mean, I didn't implement it, so I don't know that this is real. But I think that's not that hard to. Yeah, lazy implement. devs. Because <laughs> I feel like I feel like you just you you flip a few bits on Steam and then you like make sure to have your save file in the right place or something like. You know, implementing Steam cl- save cloud saves would make this game go from a Terry Kavanaugh to a Terry Kavanaugh. Yeah. Good. Good. You felt I felt like you predicted a different joke. Uh, well, I wasn't sure where you were where you were going. Yeah, I'm just happy Terry Kavanaugh is now rich three times. Was he rich before? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was rich from both VVVVVV and Super Hexagon. Really, I didn't get the sense that those sold like. I thought Super Hexagon probably did okay. But didn't wasn't it like a dollar? Yeah, but I think it sold at least four hundred copies. Four hundred million copies. What? And now you don't know what to believe. Uh, huh. I could be wrong. Those those felt like well-known but fairly modest successes to me. It was, I, remember, I, it did really well on mobile. Yeah. So well, I think, mod- a modest success in like 2011 is hmm. still pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I'm, But like just the, the excitement of being on near the top of the steam charts was definitely yeah that was pretty good i was pretty happy about that yeah yeah game is real good too dice dungeons yeah we should cut out this discussion and just put it in the next podcast yeah andrew dicey dungeon well we're not going to be here uh for a week anyway uh so so just release the we'll make a next podcast is just it's just soundboard stuff from this episode and the um you saying i hated this game i hated this game i hated this game i hated this (laughs) game you don't hate dicey dungeons no that's that's true but i will eventually because that's the only thing i have on the soundboard for this week okay pretty good expansion the camera is so confusing i didn't like the camera either zach it's okay gentlemen I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 381 of Video Games Hot Dog, a Harmony Joy bus ride on the internet about video games with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you're on a Harmony Joy bus ride of your own. Kakaboo-boo balaya. Have a great week, everybody. Everybody off the bus. I didn't mean to imply that listeners shouldn't join us. They should. Sure. <laughs>